Well, good morning, and I don't need introduction no more. He, yeah, he already took ten minutes out of my time, but <laughs> you know, uh, I was born in South America. My wife is from Mexico, so I guess in Mexico they have a tradition of uh, visiting homes in Christmas. We has moved to a neighborhood here the, close to Cal State Fullerton. Nice neighborhood, quiet. And last week, uh, my wife and the kids, they make uh, tamales. They make like 500 tamales, I think. <laughs> I was working, but I didn't know that they were going from house to house to house. And with the grandkids, singing Merry Christmas to the neighbors. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm kind of shy. I wouldn't go to people's house and knock on the doors and, and take tamales. I wouldn't do that. Um, but she went out there with the kids, with the grandkids. And it was nice. It was nice. Um, but then yesterday afternoon, I had this fellow I never saw before knocking on my door. This guy, man, he looked like a parole officer. So, and then I go to the door, I'm like, yes, can I help you, sir? He say, uh, I want to buy a dozen of tamales. <laughs> like, well, I said, man, we don't sell tamales here, man, you know. Oh, you know, my, my neighbor was telling me that you guys was passing out tamales, so we told you sold tamales. I said, no, we don't sell tamales here. But then I got an idea, right? I'm like, I told my wife, I said, why we don't start selling tamales? <laughs> she said, I buy, I buy the masa and you make them, you know? But uh, it's amazing um, get to know our new neighbors and be able to share with them. Now they're bringing cookies to our house and all that, you know? But... Uh, Today, uh, uh, the title of our message is Favor with God. Favor with God. So today, half of my brain is in English and half of my brain is Spanish. I just had to translate it in my head. So, a favor with God. Um, you know, I was uh, incarcerated um, half of my life in and out of prison. But this last time, that was in back in 2006, all the way to 2009, 30 months. Um, I surrounded my life to the Lord. Somebody shared the gospel with me. Actually, my cellmate shared the gospel with me. I gave my life to the Lord. But I don't know why when I was inside, I started sharing the word with others. I start having Bible studies in my cell. All of a sudden, I have a group of people in my cell. All of a sudden, I'm getting transferred to other states. I went to Alabama and I started sharing the gospel there. Um, on Father's Day, the mayor of the city of Alabama uh, was coming over to the prison and they asked me if I could share my testimony. It was the first time that publicly I spoke about Jesus Christ. Since that day, my life was not the same no more. 
went back to Seattle where I was housed before and I can I can I can describe the way that failed the but the Lord was asking me to start sharing the gospel publicly now like I do a church inside the jailhouse I resisted I resisted but finally I did it I start walking around the jailhouse and start seeing who have Bibles and the people that have Bibles I ask them they want to have prayer meetings then from prayer meetings, it went to Bible studies. Then all of a sudden, I'm having a, a, a church in the jailhouse. 60 people, 50 people. On New Year's Eve, we had like 120 people. People no longer going out to the chapels. They're having church and house now with me. And as the time is going by, I can see the favor of God in my life. How God is showing his grace upon my life. How doors start opening in the jailhouse. Even the CEOs, the correctional officers, start asking for prayer now. In private. They would go in my cell and I would pray with them. People that was incarcerated, they would buy food for me. They would buy hygiene for me. They even, once they get released, they will send me money. I mean, the Lord start opening doors. start showing his grace. The Lord start using me. Then once I got out, uh, I had to face the people that are hurt through the years. People that caused pain in the past. And it was clear that the Lord was asking me to, I had to go reconcile and ask for forgiveness to these people. Otherwise, I couldn't share the gospel with them. It was hard for me. This is some people that really have problems with all my life, you know, my I was afraid of them, matter of fact, since I no longer was the person that used to be. And believe it or not, people will react differently. Some of them will hug me. I remember this lady started crying because she thanked me because I asked her for forgiveness. Because she was hurt for what I did to her. And different people there start Listening to me, some of them didn't forgive me, some did. But I can see now how the Lord was showing his grace upon my life, how the Lord started using my life. Today we are going to see that we all can receive the favor of God. We all can receive the grace of God. We all can have doors open by the Lord so he can use us. We all can be used by the Lord. We all can receive the favor of God. And we also going to see how can we receive the favor of God? How can God use my life? What is that I can do so the Lord can use my life, so he can show me favor? That's what the word favor means, grace. That's what it means. It's not that you favor it. No, it simply means that a grace, a gift from God, a gift that we don't deserve, but he gives to us. So how can we receive the favor of God? And today we are going to see a story of a... I wouldn't say a woman. How about a young girl, 12 years old, junior high. She's still maybe in junior high. Her name, Mary. 
We all know Mary. We know the story about Mary. But when we hear about Mary, all we hear is about the Virgin Mary. No, but we, when we talk about Mary, it's, 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 it's a child, 12, 13 years old at the most. And we are going to see how she received the favor of God. How she was used by God. How God manifests his grace towards Mary. See, we don't like to talk about Mary that much because, you know, there's a lot of uh, wrong doctrines and teachings about how she was taken to heaven and crowned as a queen in heaven, how she was sinless, she never committed sin, or or how she was a, a perpetual virgin, she never had no more kids. Then on the other hand, the evangelical church also teaches, you know, about Paul, Abraham as a role model. Saying we don't seek much to see anything from Mary. So there's both extremes. But today in the scriptures, we're going to see that we can learn something important from the life of this young girl, Mary. So the time has come. The Lord has made his promises to his people that he was going to send a savior, a redeemer, a messiah. It's the darkest time on the life of the Israelites. They're oppressed by the Roman Empire. But he's about to fulfill his promises. The time is right. The Lord is about to fulfill his promises. The Lord is going to send his angel from heaven with a message for Mary. He is going to use a people coming, normal people, from a small village of Nazareth. He's not sending the angel to Jerusalem. He's not sending the angel to elite people. He's sending angel, the angel Gabriel to a couple from Nazareth. Small village, small neighborhood, a poor neighborhood. People that probably live from fishing, agriculture, carpenters. Mary is about 12, 13 years old. In those days, the couples will come in agreement that their child will marry with their child. They will call the officials as a witness from the city, and they will be like, look, my son is marrying your daughter next year. The boys probably were 14, 15 years old by the time they get married, back on those days. Girls were around 12, 13 years old. That was the culture on those days. So before the marriage took place, they had to wait for a period of one year. That was the period that we can say that was the engagement time, the waiting season. After the year, they will finally consume the marriage, and then the wife will live with the husband and go. So it is between the season, the engagement season, that the angel will come to this young girl, 12, 13 years old, who is engaged to a fellow or to a kid named Joseph, Joseph, who is from the line of David, who the Lord has promised that he was going to send the Savior. 
So he's engaged to this fellow named Joseph. So there comes the angel from the throne of God with a message that the time has come that the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, has arrived. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledge it, or engage, to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. I remember when my daughter was 12 years old, she was in junior high. She was asking for a cell phone back then. You're still young, little girl. I had to wake her up to take her to school every morning so we don't be late. Mary is about 12, 13, she's young. From a small village. She's a Jewish girl. Who knew the Old Testament. And this when the Lord decides. To use this girl. She is the recipient. Of the Lord's grace. She didn't do anything to receive. The Lord's favor. The Lord will give it to her. When we look at the chapter 1 of Luke, we can see Zachariah and Elizabeth praying for a child. Finally, the Lord answered that prayer years later. But Mary didn't ask the Lord for anything. Mary was a simple, young girl from Nazareth, from a small village. So the Think about it. Maybe it's Monday. Maybe she at home after school. Maybe she's doing the dishes in the house. It's another day. The parents may be on the field working. Then all of a sudden, the angel will show himself to Mary. To tell her that she... I found favor with the Lord. That the Lord is manifesting his grace to her. Let's read verses 28 and 29. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. In the Old Testament, we see when the Lord Chose people for a special task. The word the Lord is with you. Be attached to it. To remind them that during this task. That might be difficult. The Lord is with you. You are not doing it alone. The Lord is with you. Hey you who are highly favored. Again the word favor is grace. You who has received the grace of God. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. Again, she don't understand this. 
she know her Old Testament. She know how the angels in the past have manifested themselves to people. But not this way. Not this type of greeting. The angel is telling her that she has received the grace of God. She's favored before the Lord. And now he's going to explain to her why she's favored by God. Think about this. This is a young girl from a small village, young, who knows her Old Testament. Now she's about to receive a news that she's going to conceive her child. A child who's going to be the savior, the promise for Israel. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. She's not getting pregnant by her husband-to-be or by any other man. She's going to conceive. God is doing this. He's giving the child, and he also naming the child Jesus. Yahweh, or Jehovah, saves. That's the name of the child that she's going to give him. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendant forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary is putting the dust together. She listened to these words. She knows the scriptures. He, she knows the Old Testament, and she knows that the time of the Messiah has come. He will be called great. The title great was only used for the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, it says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods, and the Lord, O Lord, the great God. The title was only used for Yahweh in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Paul used the same title for Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He was going to be mighty, the son of the most high. He's speaking about his essence, his divinity. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Luke is quoting here, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 to 16. David wanted to build the temple. The Lord didn't allow him, but he promised David that one, a descendant from him, will rule from the throne of Jerusalem forever. He will have a descendant on the throne of Jerusalem forever. Then later, we see the prophet Isaiah quoting the seat of David as ruling from the throne of Israel forever. Then later we see Daniel in chapter 7 seeing one as the son of man on the clouds receiving authority, power, and dominion in a kingdom that will last forever. And that's what he's making a reference to. Speaking about the descending of David. 
He will reign over Jacob's descendant forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary knows exactly what the angel Gabriel is talking about. The Messiah, the Redeemer, the Son of God is coming. Now the question is, how this is going to happen? Mary is trying to figure out, okay, I see in the Old Testament that when God spoke to Sarah, she became pregnant by her husband, right? When she was old. Then we see Hannah later get her own Mary, by her, uh, 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 pregnant by her husband. Then we see Ruth being pregnant after 10 years. But how is going to happen if I'm not married? I'm not in an intimate relationship with another man. How can this be possible with me? Verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a a virgin? I have never been with a man. I'm not married. I'm getting married maybe in the next six months, but I'm not married. How is this going to take place? Notice how Luke uses the word virgin over and over and over and over again to show us that this is a difficult task for a human being, but not for God. She's virgin. She can have no kids. She needs to get married to create, to create a child. And this is a fair question. How is this going to take place? How am I going to get pregnant? How am I going to conceive a child if I'm not married? And now come the words of encouragement from the angel of God for Mary. How this is going to take place in a miracle's way. The spirit will come upon her. The shout of the Lord will come upon her and she will conceive a child. And now... If she really had doubts about it, the angel going to tell her, go check up on your cousin, Elizabeth, who's 75 years old, and she's pregnant and secluded at the moment. Because the promises of God will be fulfilled. Verses 35 to 36, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon her. And the power of God will come upon her. And she will conceive a child. He will be known as the Holy One. Consecrated, separated for the task that God assigned God in the flesh, the son of God. He was going to be known the son of God. When the Lord told David that his descendant was going to be in the throne, the Lord said he's going to be like a son to me, and I am going to be like a father to him. He's not, it's not that God conceived a baby with Mary. It's just the title that he's going to have, the son of God. That humanity, God in the flesh, Incarnation, he was going to be known as the Holy One. No sin in him was found. He was separate, consecrated for the task that 
that the Lord had for him. Salvation through the cross. Verses 36. Now even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Now if you don't believe me, if you have any doubts, go check up on your cousin who is secluded. She's pregnant. And she's pregnant. At all age. Even though this might seem impossible, the angels say, for no word from God will ever fail. His word will come to fulfillment. This is going to come to pass. See, sometimes we put the Lord on a, on a box, and we don't think that God can do miracles. He created everything. He created everything out of nothing. He's not limited to physical laws. He can do as he pleases. So bringing a child to this world through the Holy Spirit is not impossible for him. He accomplished it to Mary. Now, Mary is a virgin, 12, 13 years old. Is a young girl. She's still in junior high. And at this moment, she's thinking... Me, pregnant, what are I going to tell my dad? What are I going to tell my dad? I remember when my daughter, when I found out my daughter was pregnant, I received a phone call from Palm Springs that I, need, I needed to come. When they say I needed to come, I said, oh, man, son. Is she okay? Yeah, she okay, but you need to come. I said, something is up. I can see my daughter's face when she was trying to tell me that she was pregnant. Now imagine Mary at 12. And Mary's going through this right now. Her mind like, pregnant? I mean, my bump going to start getting bigger. It's Baby gonna start showing up. What I gonna tell my mom, my dad that I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Would she believe that? What's gonna happen with Joseph? I mean, I like Joseph. I've been with Joseph since preschool. I really like him. I mean, when I tell him that I'm pregnant, most likely he's gonna leave me. You're not gonna believe me. And then what's gonna happen in town, in the neighborhood? People go start gossiping. And they might take it to the authorities. And when they find out, they probably will try to kill me. Stone me to death. You what she should decides to do. Verse 38. He said, I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered. May your word to me fulfilled then the angel left in other words do as you please I'm your servant I'm your slave do as you please if that's what you want to do with my life do it use me do it use me do as you please then 
when the angel leaves, maybe sometime later, she decides to go see her cousin to see if this is for real. And she does go and goes to see Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is pregnant. She's 75 years old. And she, full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, Start praising the Lord because she knows that Mary is pregnant. And this is what she say. Look, 145. Blessed is she, speaking of Mary, who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she. Blessed is she. We still, after 2,000 years, speaking about the same story of Mary because why? She decided to believe the Lord. Look what Isaiah 62, 66 to say, has not my hand made all these things? So they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble, those who are contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Those who are I see with favor. So how can we receive the favor of God? How can we receive the grace of God? How can God make his grace available for me so he can use my life and the lives of other people? We can receive the favor of God by believing and trusting his word. That's what Mary did. That's the lesson that we can learn from Mary. She believed the Lord. She trusted upon the Lord. Even though when he was asking to do something that was impossible to do, she still believed the Lord. She still trusted the Lord. She trusted his word. And because of that, she's still blessed to this day. We call her blessed because she allowed herself to be used by God. How can me and you then receive the favor of the Lord? How the Lord can use our lives? Well, we can do this by believing and trusting in him. The favor of God means receiving his grace. Having him open doors for us so we can be used by God, especially in this season. Especially in this season. I don't know what is that the Lord asking you to do that might seem difficult. All he asking you to do is to trust him and believe him and leave the results up to him. You know what, there were, there were times when I was incarcerated that they would send me to, to the max security buildings when you had the more dangerous people. Oh, low-level security, it was easy to share the gospel, no problem. But go to level fours and, and, and share the gospel there. And I, I mean, I didn't say it publicly back then, but I was afraid. But there we go. And I'm going, level four, all my stuff. I got to do what I got to do, church, 
11 p.m. before the sales close. Church. People coming to the Lord. People surrounding their lives to the Lord. People who come to my cell wanted to get baptized. I didn't baptize them because I didn't know I could have baptized people back then. When I got out, I had to ask for forgiveness to the most difficult people that was part of my life in the past. It didn't make sense, but I trusted the Lord. And because I trusted the Lord and believed in him, I was able to share the gospel with them. And today they believe in the Lord. They're going to church somewhere else. Maybe the Lord is asking you to take a step of faith today to believe and trust upon him so he can show his favor to you. Maybe there's someone in your life that you need to reconcile with. Maybe you need to take a step of faith. Maybe the, the Lord is calling you to ministry. Maybe the Lord is calling you to be a pastor. Maybe the Lord is calling you to start serving him here at your church. Maybe the Lord is asking you to start being faithful with your time, your finances. All he needs from you is that you start believing him and trusting him. So he can start showing your favor in your life. Do you know how many people right now outside this wall, are living without hope. Submitting depression, submitting alcohol, drugs, couples that are getting divorced back to back, homes that are being abandoned by the men and the women, people that need to hear the word of hope on this season. But for that to happen, we need to make ourselves available. So God can use us and show us his favor. All it takes to believe in him and to trust upon his word. That's all like Mary did. It didn't make sense. But all he asked is for her to believe in him and to trust him. And that's what we need to do. To start trusting the Lord again. To start believing in him. You know, I'm not going to lie. My faith was strong, powerful when I was incarcerated. Strong. I could have walked on water. Seriously. But when I got out, I started getting too comfortable. I didn't have that much pressure. Less praying. Less fasting. Less sharing the gospel. But when I look back, I see the miracles that God was doing through me as a vessel. And he still want to do it today through me and through you. Let's leave the comfort. And let's allow God to do miracles through our life. And let's share the gospel for the people that have no hope today. Only the gospel can bring hope to their lives. But in order for that to happen, we need to believe. Trust on the Lord. Why you don't help me pray? Maybe right there where you at, maybe maybe your faith has quenched through the years. Maybe you are too comfortable right now. Maybe you lost the fire that you had at the beginning. It happens. 
why you don't ask the Lord? I said, Lord, use my life like you used to. Use my life, Lord. Use my life like the beginnings, Father. Father, give me the flame, Father, that I used to have, that I had for you in the beginning. I used to was in love with you. I would spend time with you. Father, I don't have the fire no more. Lord, give me the fire. Do it again, Father. And you see if God won't do it, he will do it again. Father, thank you. Thank you for such a beautiful story. Father, we heard this story over and over and over, but every time we listen to it, Father, it comes alive. Your word is alive, Father. Father, we want to ask you today, the, as we're celebrating, Father, the coming of your son to this world, Father, That you, Father, start stirring our hearts. The Father, you, Father, start working in our hearts. Start putting the desire in our hearts. To start believing in you again, Father. To start living by faith again, Father. Father, we have so much. We got everything we could desire, Father. And that's on how, Father, how quench our faith, Father. Today we ask you that you enlighten our faith, Father. That you bring the fire in our hearts, Father. We want to see your favor in our lives again, Father. Father, we want you to use our lives, Father. In the lives of those people that are without hope right now, Father. Father, there's people Lord, that are struggling in our neighborhoods, in our jobs. There are people, Father, that are struggling in our families that they need to hear from you, Father. Father, help us to make ourselves available to you, Lord, so you can use our lives, Father, so they can also one day, Father, those people without hope right now, one day can also, Father, experience your favor, Father. Father, thank you so much for your mercy. Thank you so much for your love. Your mercies are new every day, Father. And help us, Father, to start all over again, Father. Help us, Father, to fall in love with you again, Father. Help us, Father, to come back to you, Lord. Help us, Father, to have the same relationship we had at the beginning, Father. Father, enlighten our hearts, Father. Father, we, we worship you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you.